Do you want to align with God's vibes, adapt to a spirit-led lifestyle, and live out of the fullness of God's plans and purposes for your life? This podcast is for you. The good news I have for you is that your time is now. It's time to transform self-sabotage into self-mastery and revolutionize your world. If you're ready to go beyond the ordinary and break out into the extraordinary life God designed for you, you're in the right place. In the God's Vibes podcast, you will find the freedom and permission to stop chasing success the world's way and simply be who God formed, shaped, and anointed you to be. My name is Juliana Page, and my mission is to lead you on the ultimate adventure, aligning and tracking with God so you can radically transform your life from the inside out and build spirit driven success. Using life coaching and biblical and prophetic teaching, I'll show you what it means to dwell in the good land God ordained for your life and train you to be a powerful person who is a walking testimony of what's possible with God. Subscribe to God's Vibes for spirit-filled real talk, hard-hitting truth with a humorous touch that will help you discover who you are in God Dare to press through your seeming limitations and chart a divine path that will renew your dreams and transform your future. It's time to experience true freedom through courage, faith, and self-mastery. I dare you to step out in faith and courageously dive into the purposeful life of trusting God for the impossible. Let's go. Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. We're going to talk about love today. We going to do it. We going to do it. We're going to talk about how you can, capital C-A-N, love fearlessly. You can, and we're going to talk about it. Before we do, before we do, if you are not in Courage Co., www.courageco.org, you are invited to join us for weekly virtual small groups, different days, different time zones, prophetic prayer calls, monthly masterclasses and challenges, a VIP mastermind, a life coach certification program and more. Stay tuned. But you're going to want to plug into that. That community is totally dedicated just to personal development and spiritual growth. It is not spamming you with social media content. It is strictly to help you grow and develop with other like-minded people, grow your faith, help you activate your courage, and step out and find out just what God has in mind for you. So that is that community. You can join us. We've got a challenge. It is the social media leadership challenge. And this is all about how you can get on social media and create kingdom impact. Okay, so we're going to go through three different days of a lot of practical tools that you can implement immediately, which is super, super powerful so that social media doesn't control you. Quite the opposite. So you're welcome to join us for that. Once inside Courage Co., it is under Courage Co. Challenges. You can find the event there and sync it with your calendar to join us. There will be a replay of this as well, but that is available in the Courage Co. Masterclass Bundle, which is just our training bundle, which is a bundle of all these trainings that we've done. So super, super valuable. You can plug in for that. We also have our first information session because the waitlist is officially open for the Spirit Driven Success 
Success Life Coach Certification Program. If you are a Christian life coach, if you are an aspiring coach, an existing coach, but you've really wanted to bring Holy Spirit in what you do, you want to pray, you want to bring the prophetic into what you do, you really want to build according to the Spirit of God, of course, with biblical teaching and a biblical foundation, this program is different. It's different. And it is not just about coaching, but there's also the kingdom entrepreneurship or spirit-driven entrepreneurship section. There's a section all about kingdom influence as well. So if you want to be an author, if you want to be a speaker, if you want to be a podcaster, we are actually unveiling the paths to make that really simple for you so you can just step out and do what you believe that you're here to do and get on with it already. So we have this all together in one program. So in six months or less, you can be activated into being a spirit-driven success life coach, all right? So you can apply for that now. The waitlist is officially open if you've got questions about that program as well. And all the training that we do in there, you can join us on a live info session or catch a replay on that. And you'll see that if you go to www.courageco.org that you can apply and join us for those information sessions. All right, let's dive in, shall we? Let's dive in. So fun. Okay, so we're going to talk about how you can love fearlessly and how you can build healthy relationships And I will say, even if you have not known them previously and have not come from them, okay? So freedom from the fear of letting yourself love is what we're going for today. It says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no, there's no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full grown, meaning complete and perfect love, turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. Come on, that's the amplified version, right? But expelling every trace of terror. And if you've ever felt terror in your body, that feels very, very real. (laughs) Your body doesn't really know that it has no reason to be afraid, right? And many of us are afraid to love because we fear being hurt. That's just human, right? But love requires being vulnerable. And that is super frightening to anybody who's ever loved and been badly hurt, betrayed, or abused by somebody they loved and who said that they loved them, right? A lot of times we love people that don't love us, and that's what gets us in trouble, and that's how we start learning patterns that are not healthy. When we're not loved, we try to do all sorts of crazy things to get love versus living from it. Somebody that I you know, have really learned and grown a lot from. I love Joyce Meyer's story, and she talks about how her father had abused her for many, many years, and her mother abandoned her while that was happening and did not confront it, did not protect her. And that really was really challenging for her when it came to her own relationships and her future, right? Getting married, having kids. She had to fight all of these previous pains to really grow and evolve. So it's only, no matter what our pain is, no matter what our story is, it's only after learning to receive God's love through trusting him that we're able to start trusting people who say that they love us, right? We won't say that those who love us will never hurt us, right? That's not that's not true, right? Like people that are hurt 
will hurt, right? Or, or humans <laughs> will human, right? They just will. But while we will hurt and disappoint one another, that's inevitable. When we're walking with God, we were able to find the grace to forgive and to continue building healthy relationships. God will always have us on a path to do that. So there are times when people disappoint us or they hurt our feelings. And when that happens, we can go to God to receive comfort and healing that we need, right? We can believe inherently that people love us and that they don't mean to hurt us on purpose, right? When these are not abusive people, genuinely, they they do want to love us and they don't have this intention to hurt us. But on a bad day for them or when they're dealing with something, when they're being human, there's going to be times where they do disappoint us or hurt our feelings. But if we believe that they're genuinely love us and they're not intending to hurt us, that's a very different life experience. Many of our hurt feelings come from an unrealistic expectation. And then we get expectation hangovers. We may expect somebody to do something for us, but they don't know that we're expecting that. So they don't do it. (laughs) So think about that. How often when you get hurt, do you think or say, I expected more of you than this? I sure didn't expect you to do that. Or I expect you to to do this, right? But God's word teaches us that loving others means we believe the best of people It says that in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And if we're willing to do that, we can avoid a lot of emotional pain. And I don't know about you, but especially when we have demanding lives, lives that require a lot of us, we don't have a whole lot of time for unnecessary emotional pain. Like there's going to be emotional pain and things that we got to walk through, but we don't have to make it extra difficult on ourselves. And many of our hurt feelings come from our unrealistic expectations. And then we got to spend a lot of emotional energy working that out. When we learn to live without letting our fears determine our decisions and actions, we can love fearlessly. We do not have to let our fears determine our decisions and our actions. This is coming from a lot of self-awareness and wisdom, right? Even though we might feel cautious or even fearful, we might even feel that terror stirring up in our body. We can still, in spite of that, take a step of faith. Step out and find out. (laughs) We can do that. We don't have to withdraw from others or isolate ourselves thinking that's the only way to be safe. Somehow we rationalize that that's true, right? But all isolation does is cause us to live lonely and unfulfilled lives. We become super miserable and depressed. God actually created us to need other people. And even though we are all different, we complete each other when we celebrate life together. It is so powerful to do life together in whatever ways that you can. Okay, so with long distance relationships or sometimes with even people that are local, I've got a few friends, right, that were on the Marco Polo app. (laughs) So so throughout the week, we are sending video messages back and forth to each other. We're praying over each other. We're prophesying over each other. We're just back and forth on Marco Polo before we can actually get together in person. And that's doing a lot, actually. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that we're strengthened in making big decisions, that we're being comforted as we're walking through really challenging life circumstances. We're being covered in prayer, right? It's so valuable, but that's one way that we figured out how to make it work. If we can't physically meet each other in person all the time, we can jump on Marco Polo throughout the entire week when we got windows and catch up and just let each other know that we're tracking and that we're here for each other and praying for each other. That's a great example. Having a long-standing date on your calendar to catch up with family and loved ones, right? Don't allow that distance to be there. You can do something about it. I was sharing what I love to do sometimes too is go through the contacts on my phone and actually see who is God highlighting to me that could use a word of encouragement, that could use a prayer, that could use a reassurance, an affirmation, somebody reaching out and encouraging them. Doesn't cost me anything, right? So really, really important, but we can actually not isolate. And one of the quickest ways to get out of selfishness, depression, self-centeredness is to get out of your way and think about and serve somebody else. So think about creative ways that you can build connection. Instead of creating a case for isolation, actively connect with other people or let them even know vulnerably that it's hard for you to do that. Are they okay checking in with you periodically? It's a great thing to be able to do, okay? God created us to need other people. He did. So as we've already seen, the Bible teaches us that the perfect love of God casts out fear. It says this in 1 John 4, 18. Receiving God's love gives us courage to love other people. Millions of people, millions, are desperate for somebody to love them. And we can say, God, use me. God, use me. We can be the ones who allow God's love to flow through us to them Just as his love heals us, his love through us can heal other people. But a lot of times we sit on the sidelines of our lives waiting for people to wake up and start loving us when they don't even have the capacity to do it. And we just give ourselves permission in that way to stay miserable when God can use us to allow his love to flow through us to love other people. And as his love flows through us, we actually receive it. Interesting. Without love... There's no life. It says in 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. That's pretty clear. Pretty clear. (laughs) The each other mentioned in this verse refers to those who belong to God through faith in him. I think this scripture is powerful Not one to be passed over quickly, right? Like think about what it's really, really saying if you meditate on it, okay? If we don't love, we are held in death. We are held in bondage. That doesn't mean that we're not alive, but it does mean that we have no real life, no joy, no peace, no fulfillment. We are members of, you know, that show, The Walking Dead. It's kind of what we're like, (laughs) right? We exist, but life seems meaningless, Since we are created for love, we can never be truly happy without it. We can't. We all need something to do, someone to love, and something to hope for. We also need God. (laughs) We all need God, right? First John includes several amazing scriptures about love. If you just want to read First John. I know for me, I've had to do many studies on love because I learned a lot of bad habits, like things masquerading as love that weren't really love, a lot of conditional love. 
Okay, and that was not healthy. So to unlearn what love is not, I had to start learning what it was. It says, for example, no man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides, lives in and remains in us, and his love is brought to completion in us. What? <laughs> this is 1 John 4, 12. To abide means to live, to dwell, and to remain. Since God is love, as we love others, God is present. Come on. Like learning to love for that reason alone is everything, right? When we love, God is present. What? Love that. His love is perfected in us when we love. That means we don't have to let what other people are doing and how they're behaving, how they're treating us. We can still choose to keep our love on. We don't have to turn it off and give our power away. Since God is love, as we love others, God is present. His love is perfected in us. That means the cycle of love is completed. Love comes from God, is received by us, and flows back, right? It flows through us back to God and to others, okay? So here's the cycle. Love comes from God. It's received by us and flows through us back to God and to others. It's a whole cycle. You see that? We love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. Whatever else our purpose is, if you really get down to the root of it, whatever else our purpose is for being on earth, our primary purpose is to let God's love flow through us. So I just want to encourage you to think about that for a second. How freely can God's love flow through you? What are you a conduit of? <laughs> are you a vessel of God's love? Are you open and available to receive God's love? Are you consistently allowing it to flow through you? Or does it get stopped up? Does it have no place to get in you? Really important to think about that because I know for me personally, I got really convicted. I was thinking about, wow, I've learned a lot of really unhealthy patterns in love. I've tolerated a lot of dishonoring and disrespect from people because of that. I've gotten really, really hurt because of that. But then I also had a question, what have I been doing? Clearly, if I'm allowing and tolerating that, I'm not loving myself. And what am I actually offering other people? Because if I'm not loving myself, can I actually say that I'm loving them? No. So what have I been spending my life doing? Scary thought. But if you can actually sit in the scary thought, you can get free of it <laughs> and you can do something about it, right? You can't fix what you won't face. So I was willing to look at how unloving or unlovely, loving, unlovely, <laughs> I had learned to be to myself and thus to other people. Really, really powerful because when you get free of that, you can actually be love and be loved, plural. It says, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. 1 John 3, 23. We often wonder what God expects of us, right? Like, how do I know if I'm pleasing God? How do I know if I'm doing what he wants me to do, right? That one scripture to me sums up his expectations. You might ask then, what about obedience? And I'm big on that too. Isn't that the most important thing? The secret is that if we truly love God and other people, we will obey out of love. Perhaps we should focus more on what we should be doing, quote unquote. 
loving God and people instead of what we should not be doing, sinning. (laughs) What we focus on becomes what we produce in our lives. Paul told the Galatians that if they would walk in the spirit, they would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said that in Galatians 5.16. He didn't say, try not to fulfill the lust of the flesh, so then you can walk in the spirit. Catch the difference? He said, if they would walk in the spirit, they would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He did not say, try not to fulfill the lust of the flesh so that you can walk in the spirit. So where we get in trouble is like with breaking a bad habit, we keep trying to focus on how we can't break the habit, how we're still not breaking the habit. And what are we doing? We're focusing on the habit that we want to break, meaning we're giving it more power in our life. (laughs) The way you break it is focusing entirely on the new habit, on the new practice, on the new behavior. You've got to shift your focus to somewhere else completely in order for it to shift. Focus then on how God loves you. Focus on God and how much he loves you. Focus on loving him intentionally. Seek the kingdom first and all these things will be added unto you. Actively seek God. Prioritize God in your life. Who would you be without God? How much place does God deserve in your life in that way? Focus on loving him and loving others and many of your problems will disappear. If you want more mental space, emotional space, heart space, physical space, if you just focus on loving God and loving others, many of the things that aren't worthy of you, your time, your energy, and emotion, they will dissolve simply because you removed your focus. It's fascinating. (laughs) It's worth a try. All too often we focus on what others including God, can and should be doing for us, but we should focus on what we can do for God and other people. And that focus shifts everything. It seems to me that we have a lot of things backward, (laughs) right? The kingdom of God is counterculturum. It's backwards, right? And a little adjustment would be very helpful. If we just start doing the opposite of what's not serving us, we create a lot of shifts in our life. When you pray, try not to begin your prayer time by giving God a list of what you need him to do for you. Do you have a tendency to do that? God, help! And then you just give him this list. Instead, start by thanking him for what he's already done for you. Watch what starts to happen in your heart when you do that. And then ask how you can serve him and what you can do for him and other people. That starts changing and recalibrating your heart. So think of someone you can bless and go do it. The less time we spend focused on ourselves, the happier we will be. Truly. And when we get busy about God's business, he's got this miraculous way of taking care of everything that we could have ever worried about. He just addresses it when we're busy loving and serving other people. It's wild. So our life of uh, being a faith walker, right, is really meant to be a flowing river, not a stagnant pond. I grew up in the country, so I don't know if you've ever seen a stagnant pond, but it's gross. It smells nasty. It ain't cute. (laughs) I've also seen many flowing rivers, right? Very different. Every good thing God gives us should flow through us to other people. We're not meant to be hoarders. We're not meant to keep things for ourselves. Even think about this practically, like all of the education that you've been blessed to get exposed to and experience That isn't just meant for you. 
that is meant for you to serve other people with, right? Not everybody has had that same experience and exposure, and they could be blessed by what you've been exposed to, what you've overcome, what you've experienced. Walking in love with others is very important to God because that's the way the world will know him. It says this in John 13, 35. We are told to love the brothers, fellow believers, but God also wants us to love all people, all kinds of people, even the ones that are not easy to love, particularly those ones. So love is not a feeling and it's not something that we wait to have. It's a decision we make about how we'll treat people, about how we will show up. And I like to say I teach myself how to respond in advance. I know disappointments are going to come. I know I'm going to face letdowns. I know that. But I'm going to determine how I'm going to respond to the best of my ability beforehand. I'm not going to just leave that to chance. You may not feel like helping somebody in need if that person has hurt you, but loving is what God would do. And he expects us to represent him well. Loving others requires us to learn how to live unselfishly. That's actually one of the best gifts you can give yourself. Without constantly trying to take care of ourselves in ways that ensure that we will always get what we want. That's selfish, right? I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person who wants what I want, right? (laughs) That makes up my mind and goes after things, right? But... I could easily get out of alignment if I just focus on that, right? So we've got to practice being selfless. A lot of times we're just selfish in the world that we live in. We're trained to be selfish and self-centered, but we have to actually train ourselves to be selfless and sacrificing, especially if that's not our natural temperament, We have to learn how to be unselfish on purpose by making deliberate choices to put other people first. And one of the most helpful scriptures I go to when I'm battling thoughts that stir up in this attitude about thinking too too much on myself, right? It's Philippians. It says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So whether that's just life at a job, in a business, in relationships, when we just focus on ourselves, that's kind of how we get out of alignment. We start focusing on like what's not working, what we want, and we don't actively serve other people from that place. We don't think about how blessed we are, how grateful we are. We just think about what we're missing still, and we make ourselves miserable in that way. I want to clarify that this does not mean that we're to view other people as better than ourselves, but we are to see them as being very important to God and treat them that way, okay? So we should never think we're better than other people, ever. That should not be what we're doing, right? Paul said it this way, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Romans 12, 3. And this passage in Philippians also does not suggest that we should always give up our own desires in the interest of doing what somebody else wants us to do. This is not about manipulation, control, people-pleasing, codependency, none none of that. And a person with an unbalanced attitude in this area can easily be controlled and manipulated. The goal 
in all of this is to be led by the Holy Spirit, asking God each day to help us to not be so selfish, but to be available to help other people. We get to partner with God every day. Okay, and as we do and as we make ourselves available to God and he fills us, we have actually a lot to go give. But if we're not doing that, if we're not getting filled up every day, what really do we have to give? Again, apart from God, we're nothing. Apart from God, we can do, do no good thing. So if we're not getting full of God, what are we giving? Some of the ways that we can help people may be obvious. For example, when there's an elderly person in a grocery store line behind us with two items in their cart and ours is completely filled, we should instinctively know to let them go in front of us, right? Like if you've been on the flip side of that, (laughs) you just know that you would appreciate that, right? Like we've all got places to go, right? Think about that. If I see a woman who you know, is pregnant, let's say, pushing a loaded grocery cart while trying to hold her toddler by the hand and get to her car, I could offer to push her cart and load the groceries into her vehicle with her, right? If somebody is walking in front of us on the sidewalk and they drop their shopping bag, causing several items to spill out and roll in different directions, human kindness (laughs) dictates that we begin to collect the items in an effort to help that person, not just walk by, not just be in a rush, not just be in a hurry, right? These are actions that often are just called random acts of kindness, okay? But they are things that we do simply because they're the right things to do. They're the right things to do. And sometimes we only do this you know, in the miracle season, the joy season of December, (laughs) right? Getting into the holiday spirit, but this should be a year long thing. There are things that we simply do because of the right things to do. Nothing helps us keep our minds off ourselves more than keeping them on other people and looking for opportunities to be of service, looking for opportunities to give, to serve and to help others everywhere we go And in all that we do brings death to these fleshly traits of selfishness and self-centeredness, and it brings life to our spirit. Think about that. How many opportunities are we missing just because we're focused on our agenda and what we don't think is working and what hasn't happened yet? And if you listen to yourself enough, like if you were just, if somebody were to walk around and record you... (laughs) (laughs) like what you've been thinking, what you've been speaking all day, every day, would you like listening to that? Sometimes God sets up circumstances just to test us. It's interesting. You might've noticed. He often does this when we're in a huge rush or when we're getting a little too self-involved and feeling very self-important, right? That is when we have to make a decision. Is my tight timeline more important in this situation than showing the kindness of God. One of our great fears in life is that we'll not get what we want and we won't get it when we want it. And this is why we try so hard to control circumstances, people, and sometimes even God. We should focus more on giving than getting. And as we do, we will 100% be happier people who put a smile on God's face. Little acts of kindness could change the world if everyone were committed to doing them. And just think about that as a thought. How can I make God smile today? Right? Like, think about that with your parents. Maybe you didn't necessarily have the earthly parents 
that you thought you needed. So think about maybe somebody that you've wanted to please in your life. Picture putting a smile on their face. You can do that with God. Some people too, I'll acknowledge this, are difficult to help. Even though they need help, they're afraid to receive it because they don't want to feel indebted to anybody. They don't want to owe anybody anything, right? And it's a bit embarrassing (laughs) when we try to help people that just flatly refuse. They're like, no, I'm good. Nope, nope, right? They just shut it down. And it may feel like a slap in the face, okay? Or at the very least, you're just going to feel the sting of rejection, right? And that can be uncomfortable, right? And we can stop giving if we're not careful because some people have hurt us, right? Because they haven't known how to receive. But we have to defeat these random acts of violence or hurt or rejection with random acts of kindness. We just have to be in the habit and practice of doing that consistently. And when someone hurts me, the first thing I'm tempted to do is to, you know, put up this invisible wall, <laughs> one that stands between me and that person that hurt me, right? And we we might think you might do this too. You know, you're not going to get this chance to hurt me again. I'm going to shut you out of my life, right? And that way you can't hurt me. However, God wants us to have space in our life. He wants to have us give people another chance, just as he gives us. And sometimes another and another and another. And the price Jesus paid for our freedom was pain. And if we want to enter into the amazing mystery of being loved and being loving, we will have to be willing to be hurt at times. And God will be our wall of protection if we will stop building our own walls and instead put our trust in him. And I don't think it's possible to love and never be hurt. I've never had that be true in my experience, but Jesus, who is our healer, lives in us and he binds up all of our wounds and heals our bruises. Psalm 147.3. Fearless love is what defeats our enemy, who is hard at work spreading strife, division, and hatred to levels most of us have never witnessed before in our lifetime. We have to fight back and the only thing that overcomes evil is good. Romans 12, 21. So we don't create change by adding more of what is to a situation. Walking in love is spiritual warfare. And it makes us happy because Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, 35. You're never going to know that is true unless you activate the power of that word in your life. There's a quote that says, most fears of rejection rest on the desire for approval from other people. Don't base your self-esteem on their opinions. How good is that, right? Now, the other thing I promise to address is that we can build healthy relationships. We can. Just use that as an affirmation. If you have really been hurt in a relationship, you still, even now, can build healthy relationships. And you can have freedom from the fear of trusting God and other people. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Fearful people cannot trust. That right there (laughs) is one reason, I think is a great reason, to become a faithful person versus a fearful person. Okay? I know too, Maya Angelou has said this, have enough courage to trust love one more time and always one more time. I know this to be true. It takes a lot, a lot of courage 
to love again after you've been hurt. And especially after you've been hurt in ways that you didn't think were possible to hurt. But God, okay? So fearful people cannot trust. They live in agony because they continually try to take care of themselves and endeavor to make sure they are safe and try not to allow others to take advantage of them. But again, where focus goes, energy flows, right? So if you're constantly focusing on protecting yourself and making sure other people don't take advantage of you, you're inviting more of that into your life. People who have been hurt, abused, betrayed, or abandoned are especially prone to this fear. The memories of pain from their past cause them to live in a self-protective mode all of the time, which never allows them to simply trust relax and enjoy life. In fact, you might be annoyed when people tell you to just relax and enjoy life. You're like, great, nice, easy for you to say, right? None of us, this is reality. None of us have a guarantee that we'll never be hurt or disappointed. That ain't gonna gonna happen, right? We do, however, have the promise that if we put our trust in God, he will judge righteously and always be our vindicator. So good. I did a prophetic prayer call just this past week on two different types of news that are coming forth, particularly now through the end of the year, okay? And there's alignments and refinements that are happening right now that might be a really great prayer call to go re-listen to, especially if it has to do with relationships in your life that are being adjusted, okay? We need to develop an intimate, trusting relationship with God before we can do the same with people. Did you hear that? We need to develop an intimate, trusting relationship with God before we can do the same with people. And many scriptures instruct us to trust God. And although that sounds easy, we often find it difficult. I know I definitely have, right? If you haven't had a close earthly father, if you haven't had, you know, somebody really cover, protect you, provide for you um, mentally, emotionally, financially, physically, right? That could be really hard to start relating with God because you start ascribing to God what you've experienced, right? But trust requires that we have some unanswered questions in our lives. And it also demands that we become comfortable with not, without knowing or with not knowing how or when God will do what we need him to do. We just know that God is good and that he will do what we need him to do. He knows what we have need of. We are to cast our care on him and believe that he will care for us. 1 Peter 5, 7. God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know that you say that you love me. And by faith, I am believing that you do and that you're going to handle this. We are created for connectedness, not aloneness. In fact, lives are cut short because of loneliness. It's actually one of the most... I think it's the highest cause of death in the elderly is loneliness, depression. So they commit suicide. So, so sad. We are created for connectedness, not aloneness. But if we are continually afraid we will be taken advantage of, we withdraw from intimacy and prefer a comfortable distance between ourselves and other people. We might have some relationships, but we make sure that they are kept at a distance because that somehow we've rationalized, feel safe to us. We may let people in, but never enough to be truly close or intimate. So we have these very shallow exchanges 
with people and they never know what's actually going on. Like they never actually get to know who we are. And then we're upset that people don't know who we are. <laughs> Interesting, right? Jesus didn't die so that we could have our preferred brand of religion, but so that we could have a close, intimate and personal relationship with God through him. When Jesus came to the earth clothed in a human body, right? He developed close relationships with a variety of people. But he could only do that because he had a close relationship with God. And he modeled that. We could see that he kept getting alone to be with God. And he only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what the Father was saying. God has already come close to us in Christ. And we are invited to come closer to him. It says in James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. I love that, right? Like as I set my intention and I get close to God, I open my Bible, God comes close to me. You can trust that. That's what he says, right? We can open our entire lives to him without fearing being rejected. He already knows everything there is to know about us. Anything that we could even hide, he already knows it intimately. He knows what we're going to do and what we're going to say. He knows what our heart position is right? He knows us. One way we can develop closeness with God is by talking with him about everything, openly and honestly, holding nothing back. I'm somebody that um, started going to therapy at a very early age because a lot of things that were going on in life. And then I sought it throughout my life as well. So to me, seeing God as a wonderful counselor is an easy jump for me. Right. I'm like, OK, I get that. Like I get I've experienced that. I, I've had that modeled before. I know what that's like. So that's why exposure is really important. Having an earthly, uh, a spiritual mother or a spiritual father, somebody to model motherhood or fatherhood if you've not had it. Having a spiritual mentor. Right. Somebody that can guide you into these things. Super valuable. I even recommend pay for that. <laughs> pay for that access. If you don't know how to get it, pay for it shamelessly seriously so we can't keep secrets from god so why would we try to if you think about it and one of the ways to get free are to bring those things that have been in the darkness of your soul bring them to light and you can talk to god and hear him talk to you literally just sit down and talk to god just like you would have a normal conversation with somebody else he speaks in a variety of ways but you can learn to recognize his voice and Jesus said that those who are his know his voice. It says this in John 10, 3. The Apostle Paul said that he has determined purpose, right? His determined purpose was to know God and to know the power of his resurrection. He didn't just want to know about God. He wanted to know God. And many people know about God. They've heard of him. They may even believe he exists, but they have not received him into their hearts and trusted him for everything that concerns them. Okay. And that is a huge sacrifice when you've had a lot of trust issues. An intimate trusting relationship with God is what sets us free from many tormenting fears and behavior patterns. I personally know that even though I've gone to therapy in my life, when I actually started developing relationship with God, it broke years of pain off of my life. It broke patterns. There was this instant deliverance of a lot of things that had been tormenting me. Imagine that. Imagine that. 
An intimate, trusting relationship with God is what sets us free from many tormenting fears and behavior patterns that you haven't been able to talk therapy your way out of, somatically heal your way out of, tap your way out of, yoga your way out of. Relationship with God does it. Profound, okay? In context of that kind of relationship, we can retire from trying. (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yes, I get it. You can retire from that. Retire from trying to take care of everything about yourself and begin to experience the life the way God intended it. Right? When you stop trying, you start letting God be God, you can start living the way God intended you to live your life. Nobody, here's the reality, nobody knows how to take care of us like God does. He just wants to be invited to do so. Jesus always trusted his father to take care of him. I came across a quote recently. Sometimes Facebook will show you what you posted like two years ago. So one came up and it said something about when we doubt God to provide for us, it's like saying that we have a God who doesn't know how to take care of his children or that doesn't want to. Really, really interesting, right? Nobody knows how to take care of us like God does. Jesus always trusted his father to take care of him. Even when he was being mistreated and falsely accused, he put his trust in God. It says in 1 Peter 2.23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate when he suffered. He made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Talk about staying power. Just imagine the joy and freedom of no longer feeling the need to take care of and protect yourself all the time for fear of being hurt or taken advantage of. That is what personally drove me to the Lord. I was tired of trying to figure everything out. I was tired of having to be the one that had all the answers and was always helping other people, but was left depleted. I was tired of taking so many big risks and just feeling like I wasn't actively progressing or feeling fulfilled in life. It was just like constantly risking and starting over and feeling like you have nothing to show for it. How much easier would life be if you never thought about how to get someone back when they've hurt you? Man, that just zaps your energy. Think about how free you would feel if you never felt compelled to make sure they did not hurt you again because you trust God to bring justice in his perfect timing. You free up a ton of energy doing that. When people hurt us, it really, really hurts. But if we choose that God will give us justice, right, we'll learn many, many valuable lessons. Lessons about forgiveness, about praying for our enemies, about loving people who are not easy to love. You don't learn that when life is going well and you have no challenges. You learn that through challenges. I've seen God's vindication many times in my life, and I believe that I will continue to do so. You may have seen the same, but if not, you can begin trusting God today rather than trying to do it all yourself. We can definitely trust God. Even though that feels super terrifying, we can do it. He may not always give us what we want, but if he doesn't, it's because he has something better in mind. We are usually the ones that are in a hurry, (laughs) but God is not. And his timing is always perfect. And he would rather do quality work in us and our lives rather than a quick one. 
It's not to say that he doesn't or that he won't. He does do quick works too, but he would rather do quality work in us and in our lives rather than quick works, right? There's always a process. We may wonder if God will take care of us or not. It's very real. But the only way to find out is to give it a try. You've got to step out and find out. And I know by experience, by the word of God, that he can be trusted. But it took me a long time, long time, quite a while to be willing to cease my own efforts. I was a master at applying effort (laughs) about, you know, high achieving, doing. Like I had the doing down, okay? But it took me a long time to start slowing down and getting still to really see what God could do. And I can say without a doubt that he has never failed me. And he's often surprised me by doing something exceedingly better than I could ever imagine. And the same is true for you. The same is true, right? God will take care of us. He's faithful and he cannot lie. Therefore, we can trust the promises that are found in his word, which number more than 5,000. Okay? And a lot of times you just need one. He is a God of justice, which means he will always make right anything that is wrong in our lives. He brings our recompense and he pays us back for any unjust treatment we've had in the past if we trust him to do so. If we decide that we're not going to play God, we're not going to take it into our own hands, we're going to trust him, he shows up. Isaiah 61, 8 says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. God's word teaches us that if we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will lift us up in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6. To humble ourselves means to be low lying and to stay under. But our flesh doesn't want to stay under anything. (laughs) It prefers to be over everything and in charge of everything. Jesus told his disciples that the greatest among them should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. Luke twenty two twenty six. In other words, those who are truly great will stay under the mighty hand of God and resist walking in their own will. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> those who are truly great will stay under the mighty hand of God and resist walking in their own will. They won't push themselves forward, but will wait for God to promote them. They won't try to make sure they are never taken advantage of because they trust God to protect and care for them. When our attitude is, I'm afraid that if I trust, I will get hurt, we live in misery. We become worn out from always trying to stay under or really just trying to stay in the number one position, the lead on top, ahead, first, in charge, giving the orders, competing with anyone who might get ahead of us, and comparing ourselves and our positions in life with everyone else's. Miserable. That's the path, right? When we do these things, we're trying to do it in our own strength, something only God can do. And until we humble ourselves and realize that we, apart from God, are nothing, we will continue to struggle. How does this work in practical everyday life situations? You got to really think about this. Think about your responses to things. Think about what you're thinking about. There are times when confronting a person who is being rude or unkind to you is the right course of action. 
But there are also times when we should just show mercy to others who offend us, remembering all the times we've not been on our best behavior. If we will allow ourselves to be guided by God's spirit in all situations, we will always do the right thing. Often when Jesus was accused of something wicked, he didn't even answer. (laughs) He didn't respond. He paid it no mind. He knew that God would deal with them in his own way and time. Talk about that. That is wild, right? He was secure in his father's love and had no need to defend himself because he knew that God would defend him. That is a different level of freedom. If we are disciples, right, we are to discipline ourselves to follow in God's footsteps and handle situations just like Jesus did. We can see that the Apostle Paul did this, and we should too. Some of the people he went to, he was there to really help, right? And what they did in return was mistreat him. It's kind of what it's like being on social media. (laughs) Or when you're doing anything for God, the enemy will send weak and wounded people to try to hurt you, right? 2 Timothy 4.14 says, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Paul sacrificed and suffered greatly in order to help people. So we can just imagine how it hurt him when they did not stand by him in his hour of need, right? You might know that intimately too, when you really need needed people and they abandoned you. They deserted you. They ridiculed you. Notice what Paul did here though. He forgave them and the result was that the Lord came and stood by him. And personally, I would rather have God stand by me than people. (laughs) Right? Like if people have to be removed because God sees their heart and what's going on, I'd rather have them be removed and have God. Just saying. When we do things God's way rather than our way, we always end up enjoying God's best for our lives. And that's it. And that includes freedom from being afraid someone will take advantage of us. People who are afraid of being taken advantage of can't wait on God for vindication when they are mistreated. They get emotional and begin functioning out of old wounds and fears rather than humbling themselves and waiting on God. We can safely trust God fully in any situation, but we need to be more cautious when it comes to trusting people. We can trust people and should not allow suspicion to fill our minds, but because all people have weaknesses, we cannot trust them completely. We should be aware that people are imperfect and are likely to hurt us at times. If we have unrealistic expectations of others, we set ourselves up to be let down and disappointed. So I like to think about this like capacity. You know, there's people that have done a lot of self-work, a lot of healing, a lot of growing, a lot of maturing. There's a lot of people that have started growing up in God and have become very wise and spiritually mature. Those people I like to call high capacity people. (laughs) They've got a lot of energy. They are kind. They are able to overlook faults. They're not easily offended. They are solid. They are stable. They're consistent. You know what you're going to get when you get them, right? Then there's other people that don't know God. They haven't 
gone to therapy ever. They've never done any sort of healing work. They never even could imagine that they could have a problem or be (laughs) a problem, right? They don't think about that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to expect godly conduct and behavior from somebody like that. I'm not going to allow that person into these innermost parts of my life because they don't have capacity for it. With me? So I like thinking about capacity. What does this person have capacity to offer? That really helps me know what level I can engage with them or not. Okay, and this could be true even with family members. We should be aware that people are imperfect and likely to hurt us at times. And if we have unrealistic expectations of others, we set ourselves up to be let down and disappointed all of the time, right? Like if I'm constantly expecting somebody to show up in a way that they don't have capacity for, like they've not developed in this way, that's not fair. It's not fair. And I'm going to constantly be disappointed because they're going to keep giving me more of what they are, (laughs) right? If they're not living in their potential, why am I expecting them to? That doesn't make sense. Intimacy and close relationships can be maintained, but we should also use wisdom as we interact with other people. There are things we probably should not entrust to anybody except God, right? Like there is a sacred space inside of me that only God gets into. Nobody else gets to access that place. Personally, I don't mistrust anyone unless they've given me a good reason to, right? Like I'd rather be expecting the best and be wrong versus expecting the worst and be wrong. Think about that, right? So I don't mistrust anyone unless they give me a good reason to, but I don't trust any human the way I trust God. I just don't do it. Jesus didn't mistrust his disciples, but he did not entrust himself to them. He understood human nature and he knew how people can be. John 2, 24 is a great reference. Our total trust should be reserved for God alone, but we can definitely have close, intimate relationships with people. And in fact, we need these types of connections and this connectedness with family and friends to fully enjoy life. And if it's not your family of origin, God puts those that are orphans, quote unquote, into families. Okay, so you can be prayerful that God will lead you to family, to people that are safe. I encourage you not to isolate yourself for fear of being hurt or taken advantage of. You will just continue in these cycles of pain and disappointment. Develop an intimate relationship with God and close relationships with other people. And if you need to, do it afraid. Do it afraid. I know that was true for me. I had to just start afraid without answers, without knowing what this was going to look like or feel like, but I had to step out and find out. If one relationship does not work out, don't assume that all others will be the same way. And if they are, likely there's some characteristics and patterns that you are operating in that are allowing that to be the case. God has people set aside especially for you to be good friends with. You can also pray and ask for his guidance for these. But you don't have to let fear make you afraid to trust. Do not be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. Okay? So really when it comes to love and relationships, we've got to recognize, confront, and conquer fears that are holding us back from living boldly and freely. We've got to confront these things. What we don't confront, we're allowing to continue. Okay? 
So I hope that this perspective on how to love fearlessly, right? How to break free from this fear of loving self or this fear of loving others is helpful with some sound biblical teaching. This is something that's very important to your freedom, to your vitality, to your life. So I really encourage you, if you don't have an intimate relationship with God, to start pursuing that. Start pursuing that. Like make that your vital necessity so that God can then start helping you heal your relationship with you and other people right? The, the same level of thinking that caused the problem is not going to be what solves it. The same person that hurt you is often the one that cannot heal you. But we have a great healer. We have God that formed, shaped, and anointed you. He knows exactly what you have need of. He knows exactly how to lead, guide, and support you and fulfill you beyond what you even know to ask, think, or imagine. Okay, so I encourage you to really prioritize that in your life. And if you need a crew to run with, you can join us in Courage Co. Courage Co. is a free and accessible community, and there's different levels of growth and development in there. You can plug in at www.courageco.org, and you can join us next week for a social media challenge. And we've got another fun masterclass this month. It's going to be on purpose planning. That has been an all-time fave, and we're doing it live. It's called the Purpose Planning Masterclass. So you can go ahead and get Encourage Co. and make sure that you RSVP so you can sync those to your calendar and not miss out on that. You can also, if you really want to fulfill a call in your life to be a coach, especially one that is led by the Spirit of God, not by man, and not by your own ambition. The Spirit Driven Success Life Coach Certification Program waitlist is officially open, and you can join us and get more information and apply now. All right, so you can find out more about that by clicking the link in the show notes and joining us on a live information session. All right, okay, everybody, I hope this message blessed you, and until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else, 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into 
the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.